Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America. That place where I sit right now, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We're going to spend the next few hours here on the Patrick Lally Show right up till about five or five-ish. Five, I'm not quite the button, in energetic and entertaining conversation. We'll be talking about local, state, national news, and politics. Uh, we'll be discussing some recreational issues that are important to us here on the northern Great Plains. Uber producer Dan Peters is in the studio with us today, which is awesome. Thanks for spending some time on your radio, Information 1000 KSOO. Maybe you're streamed live, KSO.com or on the KSOO mobile app. All are adequate and excellent, or more than adequate. They're excellent, excellent ways to listen to this program or any of the other fine shows here on KSOO. Remember, we are on Facebook Live as well. After some uh, uh, juggling I just did, juggling of the uh, Wi-Fi signal, some last-minute adjustments to the Internet, had to switch to a a hotspot because the KSO studio over here in the corner of the Results Radio building is not what one would call a hotspot. No, I can tell in my area, here across the glass from you, Mm -hmm. I get a little bit better coverage, but Mm -hmm. I think you're kind of way, you're kind of, on that fringe mm-hmm. area of, of where the wireless router here in this building yeah. will carry the signal. It maybe has something to do with the lead plates they put in these walls. Okay, I don't know if that's true or not. That's probably not true. Dan. Yeah, I've I've only been working here for, what, 10 years? Yeah. I don't know. Nobody worked here for longer, so maybe that affected what he was like. Yeah, he probably had the here. plates put in to keep the uh, rays from coming in, the signal from coming in from the... Uh, aliens <laughs> i don't know he's on the show today so we'll ask him you we'll bet talk about, we'll talk about that in just a minute uh you know you can also follow along on the twitter at p lally show you can converse with us there it's awesome it's good to talk to you people um so uh jp's been bugging me for a while um and i know she's driving today and the am radio in her car doesn't work so uh, i can tell this story um uh I'm hoping she can't hear me. The She's been bugging me for a while to go to the uh, hot yoga, you know? And I have I have actually been to hot yoga before, but I had not been for, oh, let's just say a while. But yoga's good. You ever done any yoga, Dan? Nope, never have. You don't have a practice? You don't, you don't have a yoga practice? You aren't familiar with namaste? Nope. <laughs> Well, then you certainly haven't experienced hot yoga, which is where they just crank the heat up. And that's uh, that's a whole different level of yogaism. It's like a hundred and something in there, I think. I don't know. It's sauna hot. yoga, kind of. Sauna yoga, yoga, sauna yoga. And it's good. It's But you just, I mean, the sweat just pours off you after like 15 minutes. It's just, and... I was the only dude in the room. There's probably 10 women in there and me. And, uh, I, you know, it, I, I'm a, I think dudes probably sweat more than, than women. Uh, and I don't mean that as a, I just, that's my, that's my perception. I don't know. I don't have any biological basis for that. Physiological understanding of that. I just, something I observe. Because yesterday, last night, over at the Sanford Wellness Center, the, the rivlets, rivlets, of of sweat running off my body to the point where you know you're trying to do the the down dog and the and the and the the, the other stuff the baby cradle thing and all that you're trying to do these moves and you, your hands are like sliding off the mat because it's just covered in sweat and it sounds disgusting because it kind of is it kind of is but uh, I got through it uh, without passing out. I did sort of fall over a couple times though, but I'm and I've done yoga in the past a fair amount, not a lot, but a fair amount. So I, I can do most of the things except those crazy deals. Like JP can like be on one hand with a, a, like a, a knee on one elbow and then the other knee legs like sticking out. And then just, I, it's, 
These people can do amazing things. It is, it is highly athletic, but I can't, uh, I can't do. And even if I could do that, when I was that sweaty last night, I couldn't. It's just like whoop, like holding a bar of soap, which I could have used after hot yoga. <laughs> well, you probably should have between then and now. Oh, I've, I've, I've yeah, I've I freshened up. I have freshened up. That that did happen. Uh, but it was uh, it's a great thing though. You, afterwards, you feel very um, I don't know, cleansed is not the word, but uh, refreshed, like you did something, and then uh, you exerted yourself. Yeah, and then this morning when I got up, whoa, I was sore, Dan. I haven't been sore like that in a while. So it was, uh, I think, good practice. Uh, Mike Fleming says on Facebook Live, I thought you said riblets. I must be hungry. No, rivlets. 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 Small rivers of sweat. And uh, so it was was a good experience. Good to be back. I'm going to go back. I think it's worth it. I think it builds strength and flexibility. And as cyclocross season is just around the corner, uh, it's good for me to build both flexibility and uh, strength which I am in short supply of right now. I'll let you know how it goes, Dan. I know you're concerned. You got to keep yourself in the shape that you feel that you need to be to complete all the activities that's, on your plate. That's true, Dan. That's very true. That's a, a nice tidbit of wisdom there. Well, I want to be encouraging to you. Thanks. Well, you could join us. You want to take a little hot yoga next week? Thank you, no. <laughs> I decline. <laughs> politely decline respectfully recline decline your inv- or recline decline yeah, i would rather inv- recline than go to hot <laughs> yoga uh we've got a great show for you today as i mentioned just moments ago i alluded to rick noby yes that rick noby former host of viewpoint university former colleague of mr peters my mentor in the radio business and the dean of sioux falls radio will be in studio, freshly back in the great city of Sioux Falls uh, from the high seas with a story to tell about Russian spies, or a Russian spy, I should say. It's true. This relates to the Maria Butina, Paul Erickson uh, uh, revelations of the past couple of weeks. I looked back in the schedule. It was November 12th, 2015. Really? Yes, it was. And we don't have that audio? No. We were almost famous. Well, Rick Noby was almost famous. That was that would have been huge. That was that would be audio that you would hear around the globe. No doubt about it. Sadly, <laughs> we were not as good as archiving as we are now. No, it's lost the dim mists of history. Uh, the smart cyclist Michael Christensen uh, is our weird friend of the day, and I'll have a PNL statement just after the next break. Today's topic. The legacy development plot thickens. Stay tuned. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 319 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Getting closer to free here on the Patrick Lally Show during the P&L statement, the time of the day when we gaze around the news and look for things that uh, interest us, scare us, uh, inspire us, really, really get into our craw. You know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. And uh, today it's local. You know, I, I could have talked a little bit about Trump. I think I might do that later, though. Later in the Later in the hour. Today, I want to chat just a little bit about something I talked about earlier in the week, and that was uh, an Argus Leader story by friends of the show, Jonathan Ellis and Joe Sneavy, about the interweavings between Hultgren Construction and Legacy Development, uh, two companies that are very familiar to the folks in Sioux Falls because of their involvement in, first of all, the... uh, Copper Lounge collapse, the tragedy there, 
and uh, Holcren Construction uh, was the contractor on that deal. You remember that? And his relationship with Legacy Development. And it turns out that the officers, that Mr. Holcren was a minority shareholder of Aaron Holcren Construction, 30%. The other 70% was held by three people, Norm Drake, Paul Sink, and Larry Canfield, who also happen to be the major shareholders of Legacy uh, Development. So that that's a curious, curious development. Because, you see, now we have... Uh, we went through the RFQ process, the request for qualifications to find a company to do our big development down there, the whole $50 million PPP, public-private partnership on the uh, villages on the river is what it's now called, a couple of hotels and a big uh, parking ramp, tallest building in South Dakota, yada, yada, yada. So we gave that RFQ to Legacy and questions were raised about the connections between Legacy and Hulkring at the time. But you don't know. You don't know who's investing in what because that's private. It's private business, right? And it's, a, it's an interesting discussion. The degree to which when you go into business with somebody as a public entity, us, you, me, taxpayers, how much should you know about the private partner, in this case, Legacy Development? All right, there's been a lot of news, right? Been a lot of news since the Copper Lounge collapse and a lot of developments. And we know that there is a federal investigation underway. And we know that there was some questionable practices uh, by Hulker and Construction in terms of disposing of asbestos and some other issues. And Hulker and Construction has since filed for bankruptcy claiming they have $3,000 in assets. Which leads one to wonder at this point, do we as a city, we have now entered into this discussion, this partnership, what is the legal liability, the, the vulnerability, the financial vulnerability of the company we have partnered with. Now, as uh, the story that came out today says that counselors say they were duped over legacy Hultgren ownership ties. Three counselors, Pat Starr, says uh, that uh, Mr. Drake sat across the table from me at a briefing, told me he had nothing to do with that company, Hultgren, other than hiring them to do the work for legacy once in a while. Well, that turns out to be not true. Uh, and uh, Greg Neitzert, who's on this program next week, says he was shocked to learn that Hultgren uh, construction's owners were also the owner of Legacy. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's it's weird. But here's the question, okay? Here's the question. These these uh, uh, counselors may or may not, you know, they didn't, they, you know, they didn't know anything, right? Um, Teresa Staley says in this story that they should have, that the council should have been, you know, taken more due diligence. Now, there's some question on, what that means. You can always say you should have known. <laughs> yeah, we should have done that. Well, you know, there wasn't a really a way to do that because you can't make a company expose who their investors are, really. I mean, you could, I suppose you could have in the RFQ, but that's not the way it works. But now we're left to wonder who did know, right? Because if you'll recall, and this is from uh, uh, Sneeviella's story today. It's unclear if Mayor Huther or his number two cabinet member, Darren Ketchum, who oversaw the village on the river deal as community development director and has since left City Hall to take a job with, wait for it, legacy development, whether they were aware that the project guarantors were also Hultgren construction owners. Neither the mayor or Darren Ketchum returned calls seeking comment for this story. Now, I'm going to go into a bit of a speculative mode here. 
and say, it's hard for me to believe that Darren Ketchum and Mayor Mike Huther did not know the degree to which those two entities, Hultgren and Legacy, were tied together. And we only found this out because of the bankruptcy filing. So, did Mayor Mike Huther know that we were going into business with the people who own the construction company that is liable for the collapse, perhaps, of Copper Lounge? And what is going on with the investigation? A federal investigation, an OSHA investigation was basically put on hold after the Justice Department came in and started investigating. And we don't know what that's about. Sure would like to know. Maybe we'll never know. Things get investigated all the time and nothing ever happens. So maybe we'll never know. Maybe it's nothing. But it sure will be interesting when any results of that investigation come out and we see where not only financial, but perhaps since it's a Justice Department investigation, I'm not stepping too far out of bounds to say perhaps a criminal investigation of people who now are involved in our partnership. Now, am I connecting too many dots there? I don't think so. They're just questions. Um, I sure want to know what you think, if you think that's true or not. Gosh, send me an email, patrick at kso.com. That is the bottom line on today's PL. We will be right back after the news and weather with the smart cyclist, Michael Christensen. Uh, we're going to talk about funner things. More fun? Funner? Funnest? Funnier? No, wait. That's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Quite prepared to die. Oh, 3.35 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and we treated you there to a little extended clip of uh, the California Kid by the Beat Farmers. Saw him a couple of times. It was great song, anyway, but not even indicative of, of the quality of the Beat Farmers. If you ever want to look them up, I <laughs> highly suggest it. We welcome into the studio now for our weird friend of the day, the smart cyclist, my friend, Michael Christensen. Michael, thank you for being here today. Good afternoon. First question, where did you see the Beat Farmers? I saw them in Vermilion, uh, and uh, where Country Dick uh, uh, wrote on my uh, ticket uh, a phrase that I cannot repeat on the radio. And then uh, nice. I saw them at the Ranch Bowl in Omaha. Ooh. So twice. Nice. Double and up on the, hmm? Beat Farmers, Yep. is that... Uh, the vegetable no. or the music? The music. Like nice. the beat. Keeping the beat. They're beat farmers. Very nice. And they were, they, those guys were great. Country Dick has uh, unfortunately passed on. The, the lifestyle finally caught up. <laughs> <laughs> he was a huge man, Country Dick Montana. And, uh, okay. He, uh, he lived hard. Yeah. And, uh, just paid the price for it. Made good music. Uh, he did. Uh, that's not why you're here, Michael. No, um, we're here because you're the smart, smart cyclist and we, li we like to talk about recreation. We like to talk about quality of life. Uh, we talk a little bit about cycling. OK, we talk a lot about cycling, but we all but it's all has to it all comes back to making our city, our home, our, our, our hometown, our native land here in Sioux Falls, a better place to live. Yes. And we have been chatting over the, the, the weeks and, and, and about the, and the uh, work that the, the, another organization you're involved with, Falls Area Single Track, has been doing at Tuthill Park, and it is magically coming to fruition, is it, it not? It is. Tell, uh, so remind the good people out there what has been going on to get us to this point where we are making our community a better place to live by increasing our recreational opportunities. Well, so it starts 10 years ago with a, with a better, more happy private-public partnership. Yes, a different one, not a hotel and parking ramp. And then it, then it came to fruition, started to come to fruition a couple months ago, where uh, 
uh, Trail Arts from Rapid City, South Dakota, builder of single track dirt trail all across the country. Um, 30 years of history doing that. Um, he arrived here and brought his little excavator into Tut Hill Park and started making trail. Um, that could happen because through the generous donations of various individuals around the community of bicycling and running and just plain good old Sioux Falls, all donated out of their pockets enough money to get him started and get him going on the project. Yeah, and what's our what, the total tag on this is somewhere between sixty and seventy thousand dollars. Yep, this is all is it all privately raised money? So far, yes. There's no public cash involved. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no public cash involved. The public participation is the use of the land. Yes. And it's Tut Hill Park. It's the parts of the park that most of you good people have not seen, but now maybe can. Yes. And that's where the quality of life issue comes in because it's not just about mountain biking. Yeah, it's it's about walking in the forest. Yeah. Walking in that. the urban forest. Um, once upon a time, so our first project, Leaders Park, um, where we cut through the, the forest in there with made single track. Um, I was on the street once outside Mana Bakery over there on 6th, 6th. and something by Whittier. Van Epps-ish. Cross, cross the street from Whittier Middle yes, School. Yes, there you go. Um, I was on the street with a bunch of bicyclists and um, an old man drove by and stopped and you never know when somebody stops what, what you're going to get when you're <laughs> yeah. on a bicycle, right? <laughs> hey, did you people have anything to do with that trail in Leaders Park? Actually, yes, I did. I know about that. I love that. I go in there and I walk amongst the trees. And it used to be, it used to be inaccessible, right? It used right. to be just brush and growth and, and you'd have to bend over and get poked in the eye by every other tree. And, and it was only good for certain sorts of perhaps marginally legal activity. Yeah. Things you do where in places that are hard to get to. Yeah. Right. Right. And uh, so, yeah, it's that, it's that kind of thing. You're opening up the park um, instead of wandering through randomly hundreds of people, you're, you're guiding them to a space in the park that is a uh, single track. You can easily walk through the nice quiet forest areas of that park, which were basically pretty useless before. Yeah. And so the parts of Tut Hill, again, most people have not been back in there, but it is a bigger park than probably most people know because it stretches all along the river there on the bluff, essentially. And it turns out it's pretty good land for building trail. Yeah. Yep. And so what, the, the now parts of it are open right people can go and yes. see it yep um two months of work uh, almost not quite two months of work have yield, has yielded uh 2000 feet of trail and it is it is that section is open because we want people to start beating in um beating in the path mm-hmm. um firming up packing down that kind of thing um the machine that the builder has is on treads, tracks, and so the middle section, the stuff underneath where he's sitting, the stuff between the treads doesn't pack because mm. there's no use there. So so the couple thousand feet that are there are open. Um, fast is asking that if you see a road closed, under construction, that kind of thing, then don't go beyond that point mm-hmm. because the guy's working and we want him to work. But, uh, but you yeah. You can help. You can help by going you're, out you're and helping. walking around. Yeah, pe- people using that are now helping in that section because it, it beats in the path. Where would I find that in Tuthill? Like yeah, where, where do a, I get in? That's a great question. Thank you. So uh, you're, I think it's St. Andrew's Drive that is actually the road to the top of Tuthill. Um, is it? Maybe. You're kidding me. Well, if that's, I didn't know it had a name. If that's news to you, it could be wrong. <laughs> um, so you, you pull into Tuthill Park off Cliff Avenue. Yep. Um, well, actually, you should pull into Tuthill Park from the bike trail because you should ride your bike there and not drive. Yeah. But if you're driving... Should you drive? If you're yeah. driving, you're turning east into Tuthill Park and you start up the hill. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, at the base of that hill is that driveway to the left, which mm-hmm. goes down to a 50 or 75 slot parking lot, mm-hmm. right? Don't go that way. Keep going up the hill just a little bit further. And there's a there's a parking lot just to the side of the road that is like 20, mm-hmm. 20 perpendicular spots. Um, and it starts just at the east end of that little parking lot. Yeah. And you ride up, uh, basically, yeah, basically it follows the hillside for a thousand feet and then you encounter the sledding hill. 
Um, you're actually riding across the sledding hill. Mm. Um, there will be some sort of control device on either side of the sledding hill to remind people that you're about to mix with disc golfers, mm-hmm. um, perhaps sledders, um, <laughs> if you're there in the winter. Um, there will be some sort of control device there, um, and then you venture across sledding hill and keep going, and I'm not sure at this point how far that goes. So, um, yeah, so that much is open, and that's that's uh, that's where you're headed. So just go there, and people are riding out and back on that trail and packing it in and seeing what it's like and hopefully getting inspired to want to donate more so that the, <laughs> so that the project can be completed. Funny you should mention that, uh, smart cyclist Michael Christensen, um, because uh, you can donate more. So we said it's between sixty and 70000 Right. Roughly how much has FAST raised? Roughly thirty-five to forty, so about half. Okay. So still got a ways to go. Yep. Uh, I know that all the uh, proceeds from the running club, Sioux Falls Area Running Club's trail series this year goes too fast. So yeah. thank you to the Sioux Falls Area Running Club, of which I'm a member. I have too many clubs. And yes. then, and then uh, the, so the fundraising continues. So should I want to throw some coin your way? At, at fallsareasingletrack.org is a uh, link to donation, um, and that'll take you to PayPal, and, and donations can be delivered there. And the organization FAST, through 10 years of work, has been able to do this because, as you said, this is a happy private-public partnership. Yes. And very uh, little controversy here. Very little shadiness. <laughs> very, there is not an LLC to be found. Nobody's making money off this. That's good. And uh, if you want to help, of course, you can also go to the website. You can follow them on Facebook. FAST is there posting all the time. And uh, we always appreciate people who want to come out and help. Yeah, there's trail you, maintaining that has to happen. Yeah, if you want to meet fast and make friends with the people of fast, come out to trail maintenance and, and cut some brush back. You know, that green stuff is growing all the time, choking off trails, and so widening that out is nice. And we do that once a week, usually on Thursdays. Yeah. And the destination varies depending on what park needs it most because we're in Leaders Park, Yankton Trail Park, and now Tut Hill Park. And so Leaders has a couple miles of trail. Yes. Yep. Yankton Trail is probably another mile. Slightly less, but yeah. Slightly less, so yep. up to three. And then Yankton or uh, Tut Hill is going to be at least three more. Yep. Right? Yes. So that's six miles of single track and trail built by FAST in this community with uh, volunteer sweat and tears and private fundraising, all with the goal of making this a better place to live. Yeah. Increasing the opportunities for recreation. So kudos to you, Michael. And all of FAST. And all of that was in the board of FAST and all the fine members of FAST who have done this great work. So yep. you have you have the gratitude of a thankful city. That is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're welcome. I don't know what we're going to talk about next week because we've been we've been pounding the, 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 the ground on this. But it's a great project. I, I, yeah. Get out there and enjoy it, people. Yeah, and that's the news that sections of it are open now. Yes, so. that's where we were getting to. It just took us a while to get there. Uh, Michael Christensen, he is the smart cyclist. He is one of my weird friends, and he is here most Thursdays. Michael, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. We'll be right back with uh, some chatter. And then I, I, I did see, I think I saw the... The, the visage, the, the looming figure, the looming figure of, of, of Mr. Rick Noby. And uh, he'll be on the show after the top of the hour. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Million girls in magazines, those lipstick bathing beauty queens. Uh-huh. 3.50 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And there's a waitress with a sweet And uh, we are, we have in the studio, he's getting ready, he's getting prepared, he's got all his notes and uh, his uh, various uh, uh, tools of the trade. Notes? (laughs) Notes. What? Notes. There'll be some notes from uh, Mr. Notes. I don't need those stinking notes. (laughs) Rick Novi, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I said earlier in the show, I said you'd be here in the four o'clock hour, but you're here early. So why not come on the show, right? Hey, when you're retired, you got lots of time on your hands. And I was looking for a free cup of coffee and you don't even have that here anymore. (laughs) This place has really gone downhill. Yeah. (laughs) Well, when they let the, uh, when they let the riffraff in, you know, things were going to take a turn. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Hi, Dan, nice to see you. Thanks, Rick. Good to see you too. Happy Thursday. It is. It is. People on uh, Facebook saying hi to oh. you, Rick. 
Okay, well, that's nice of them. Hi, back. There you go. Okay. I'm sure they appreciate that. Um, but, uh, how you been, man? I've been, life has been really good. The boating adventure has gone amazingly well. There was this one little incident in Beaufort, South Carolina, which I won't describe in too much detail, except it involved me losing control of my boat in a, <laughs> in a strong current and coming in contact with a, with a, uh, a dock and also coming in contact with another boat, Ooh. which was embarrassing, loud, frustrating, scary, and not nearly as expensive as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Which was which was really good. So uh, that is good. Good yeah. to hear. And uh, of course, to remind people, you you hosted a, a Viewpoint University. If there's somebody out there who doesn't know, hosted Viewpoint University in this time slot on this station for, for years, years and years, decades, almost three decades. Wow, almost thirty years. So that gives you uh, a free pass back on the show anytime you want. Yeah. And well, and we... you're desperate for an entertaining <laughs> guest, and so you. <laughs> You invited me on, and yeah, I'm, I'm grateful to be here. Oh, it's it's wonderful. And we're going to talk uh, a little bit later. We're going to talk about a very interesting, what is now a brush with... Uh, uh, infamy. I- infamy. Thank yeah. you. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, the boat, you've, you've, you retired, bought a boat. It's down in Florida. You get back here on occasion, but the it's not The boat is no longer in Florida. It's now where? It is now on the Chesapeake Bay, south of Annapolis. Wow. In Maryland, in a little town called Solomon's Island, uh, which is just like a village. It's a couple of thousand people, but it's beautiful. Great. It's on a beautiful river, Puxa something river. I'm not sure. I can't even pronounce it, but it's a P and there's an X and there's a T at the end <laughs> and all that. And I'm staying at the marina I'm staying at is, is really interesting. During World War II, it was a military base and it was the military base where when they were going to when they were planning d-day yeah they had to do all that amphibious stuff yeah the the soldiers and the the navy people and stuff worked together there and learned how to do amphibious assaults oh my gosh handle the stuff there's cliffs nearby that they kind of like normandy scale kind of like normandy and all that stuff. That's yeah. amazing. So it's a famous, famous place. I want to hear more about the boat trip, and we'll talk more about that uh, after the news and weather at the top of the hour with Mr. Dan Peters. Are you good with that? I'm. Hey, somebody's got to inform people with intellectual uh, credibility, and Dan's going to do it. <laughs> He's the man. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Three fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO, and coming up this Saturday, out at the Straw Bale Winery, a great event. It's the Folk Off and Rib Challenge. Of course, that's out near Renner. It's a folk and Americana music competition and barbecue competition. Winner of the music competition will perform at the Sioux River Folk Festival, which is also a great event. Fundraiser for the Boys and Girls Club of the Sioux Empire and the Friends of Traditional Music. As I said earlier, Mr. Noby is in studio, and we'll be chatting with him more after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters. Come right back on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 406 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. We started talking with a uh, former, well, I, well, I like to call you the Dean of Sioux Falls Radio, Rick Noby, uh, former host in this time slot here at uh, KSOO for nigh on three decades. Pretty close. I think it was 27 years, 28 years, something like that. So yeah. we were chatting about your, your adventure on the boat, but we, we just didn't have enough time to get into yeah. the details. So you had, uh, you set sail out of Florida. When did you leave Florida? About the middle of April of this year. And uh, started heading north, and you go about, you average between 40 and 45 miles a day yeah. on this boat, because it's not a speed boat. It's, no. it's, it's a slow-moving, you know, 8, 9, 10 miles an hour kind of a deal. And, and you want to start off fairly early, before the winds come up and mm-hmm. all of that. So you try and get moving 7 a.m., give or take a little bit. And then you want to be done hopefully between three and four mm-hmm. and sooner 
if if you can because you want to relax you want to rest yeah. you want to you got to check the boat over make sure everything's okay get it ready for the next day and all that kind of stuff so you go about 40 or 50 miles a day is all well that, but you're in no hurry I, that's right i'm retired um what has been uh and now you had a learning curve oh, it's a big learning, learning, learning curve. how to run the boat i had sailed on lewis and clark lake and sailed in lake francis case for years yeah. okay because i had a 25 foot day sailboat and so i I know sailing, and I know waves, and I know winds mm-hmm. and all that. Current is another whole mm-hmm. deal because there's lots of current. And tides, yeah. you got to kind of plan some of the places you're going. you got to take into account the tides, so you yeah. got to pay attention to that. And then the fact that this boat is, shall we say, larger than my last one <laughs> by several feet, uh, and it's got engines instead of sails, yeah, there's a huge learning curve. How big is it? the boat you're not supposed to ask me that really okay no. I, well i don't want to know that it's a liveaboard okay, okay. so it's, it's bigger than your sailboat it's you bigger that. than the sailboat it's liveaboard it's called it's called a sun deck trawler mm. and the reason it's got the name sun deck on it is in the back there is a deck sun deck kind of a deal and it's you and i if i showed you a picture of it you'd say well that's like a three season porch uh-huh. and that's what it kind of oh, is awesome so you can open open it up and let the breeze yeah. through and all that kind of stuff and it's got a there's plenty of room for four people and you can get six in there without any problem if you want to do and all that's that. great so that's kind of where you spend your time that's when you're yeah, in dock when i'm in dock that's where i spend my time because that's where the wet bar is <laughs> <laughs> well it's good to know it's got a wet bar this is this is sounding better all the time rick yeah um and you left Florida in April. Now you made it to uh, up into uh, uh, Chesa- near Chesapeake, Chesapeake Bay. Yep. I'm about forty miles south of Annapolis right okay. now, approximately. Uh, what you said you had an incident in South Carolina. Uh, other than that, what's been the? Uh, I don't want to say the just the, the most impressive moment that you've had. Oh, there's been so many of them. Yeah. Every day is just every day is just a new adventure because you're the. You meet really interesting people along the way. It's kind of like motorcycling or, mm-hmm. in your case, bicycling. Mm-hmm. You like to bicycle. You go places and you meet people and you eat food and you see things. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of thing except it's on the water. Yeah. And so there's just been constant stuff. There was one place that uh, we we tied up in in Georgia, and the docks were floating docks, and I'm not kidding you, they were like 55-gallon drums tied together with, with bailing wire and two-by-fours. <laughs> and, and you felt like you were on the set of the movie Deliverance. Oh, no. It just had that feel to it. And it was rustic. just Rustic. It was it, rustic. It was, that's a polite way of putting it. <laughs> and, but the interesting thing was, within walking distance, like two blocks from this Deliverance-type marina, was this absolutely fantastic four-star restaurant. Really? That was, it was jam-packed with people. It wasn't even a Friday night. It was jam-packed with people. And the food was absolutely magnificent. The service was great. The prices were reasonable. And it was just, it was just one of those, how did this thing get here? <laughs> how does this survive? Because around this marina, and, uh, it, was just, it was just bizarre. That's but that's a great adventure, right? Yeah, and then I, there there's two places that I went that that uh, have got unique names, Ocracoke, Ocracoke, Ocracoke. It's on the Outer Banks. Everybody's heard of Cape Hatteras. Oh, sure. Okay, south of Cape Cape Hatteras, there is this village along the Outer Banks called Ocracoke. Yeah, and I went in there and spent a couple of days there and bicycled around and walked around, met some wonderful people and all of that kind of stuff. And then um, another interesting place that I stopped at uh, just south of Chesapeake, Virginia, was a place called Coin Jock. <laughs> Two words? Two words, Coin Jock. And it's a Native American word, apparently. Uh, and don't ask me, the, I can't remember exactly what the meaning of it is. But one of the things they're famous for and you have to call them in advance for this. It's, mm-hmm. it's a marina, just a straight line marina uh, that, that you tie up to, just a straight pier along the side. And, but they've got a restaurant there. And it's all owned and operated by the same people. Well, they serve a 
ounce prime rib. <laughs> you and you have to call in advance yeah, well. to get it, but they serve a 32 ounce prime rib. Oh, and God. I think if you eat the whole thing, you get free dessert. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but like, it was just it, it, those kinds of places are just they're priceless. They're just yeah. great places. I did not have the 32 ounce okay. prime rib. It didn't even come close Your to that. Colon can't but, take it. Exactly. <laughs> but it's just those kinds of places in Beaufort, South Carolina is, is a beautiful town. Yeah. Lots of historic stuff there. Beaufort, North Carolina, same spelling, but said differently yeah. is another great little town to stop in so it's That's, all good i uh, i gotta get out there i've never been in the carolinas I, and i know it's wonderful it's beautiful there yes yeah, i'm gonna do that we're gonna come right back and talk more with rick noby the dean of sioux falls radio my mentor and just a good guy and we'll hear more about his ventures we'll get into some politics how's that sound Oops. i can't wait this is the patrick lally show information 1000 kso Four nineteen on the Patrick Lally Show, Information One Thousand KSOO, and uh, we have been chatting with the one, the only Rick Noby, Dean of Sioux Falls Radio, back in town for uh, a while, and uh, we're happy to have him on the show. Uh, Rick, uh, you've been paying attention to the politics at all? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> I, I was hoping when I walked out of here and I was away from the computers and yeah. everything that I would and there. There's no TV set on the boat. Yes. The guy, that, the guy that owned it before me had three television sets on the boat. Wow. I, I took them out. Good. Uh, there's one left, but that's only to watch movies. It's yeah. not hooked up to any antenna system or anything like that. How can you have, I suppose if you're in, in you're tied up, you can get television and you can get if satellite I, or whatever. Yeah, but I don't. No. Because I don't want to. I don't, I don't need that. I got rid of cable. And I, I tell you what, I haven't watched television for, I, the best thing I ever did in my life was not, was quit watching CNN. I think, I mean, I, I understand the world better today than I did when I had cable television. And, uh, see, I see, I feel the same way about Fox. I can't, I couldn't do Fox before and I definitely can't do it now. If, if I walk into a restaurant or a bar and I see Fox TV on, mm -hmm. Fox News on, I, I I don't leave the place. No, you turn. But I but I turn so I can't even watch what's going on because I just can't stand it. No, it's become such. Bleh. It's just basically just eye candy for for people who want to be outraged. Yeah, that's exactly it, Dan. Yeah, I like the way he puts that uh, because it if you watch it for any period of time, either one of them, it's just this barrage of. Sometimes it's just nonsensical and it's not based on anything and it just drives me nuts. Yeah. Well, and, and we've, Dan, you and I talked about this w when I was here. There's no question that Fox News has got a slant, CNN's got a slant, MSNBC's got a slant. Um, and what, what's, and we acknowledge that. But up until about 500 and some odd days ago, you could kind of go to those various mm -hmm. places understanding that there was a slant and you could absorb what network A had, network B had, network C had, and say somewhere in the middle of all of that is the truth or reality. And now, with since in the last 500-some-plus days, the, the media has been vilified viciously, not without some cause. Well, but you should be open to criticism. Yeah. Open to criticism, but has been vilified so much that nobody trusts any of them anymore, which I think is wrong. Absolutely. And it, I, I think that... I mean, even, yeah. a, even a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> and, you know, there's some, there's some uh, fantastic news or gathering organizations in this country who have come under fire for just pointing out facts. Facts, yeah. And... Inconvenient throw the, facts, throw the, but Throw facts. the TV station networks out of it because yeah. that's... I don't. That's why I quit watching them. I mean, it's just it's 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 just twisted sometimes. Yeah. And I don't care who you're watching; it's all the same. Everybody's selecting facts or just flat out ignoring them, and that just drives me. And it's just talking points. 
Mm-hmm. I, be, I call this no talking points radio because Dan and I, we, we got no talking points. We're under nobody's uh, influence here, just independent radio. But so much of what I hear, you hear the same thing over and over. Not just the same points, but the same phrases. You wouldn't last. People. You wouldn't last five minutes working for Sinclair. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Even That's, Dan would not last no, very long with Sinclair. No, I. They wouldn't <laughs> let me in the door. Yeah. Um, uh, you you said five hundred and some days. Um, you were a Republican for a long time. Many many years. Um, uh, you are independent, Rick. Now. Yep. Um, what do you hear from your Republican friends? That sort of what I would consider traditional mainline Republicans. What do you hear from them in terms of their thoughts on the president? They are hopelessly enamored. You're kidding. I'm serious. I am absolutely serious. I, I have a group of guys that I get together with periodically and then other individuals and stuff. And, and it, it literally is no matter what he says, it doesn't matter because I believe in him. I trust him. He's doing this right. He's doing that right, and and it's just it just boggles my mind the the blind loyalty, the blind allegiance to someone who does not deserve it. In my opinion, uh, it it just boggles my mind, and it, and it, it isn't just my friends, the Republicans in the United States Senate. There's only two or three of them that have mm-hmm. got the courage to speak up. Corker, Flake. And McCain, mm-hmm. who's no longer there, unfortunately, uh, Susan Collins still speaks up. That uh, Lisa Murkowski, I think, from Alaska speaks up, but nothing else. The guy from Wisconsin, uh, uh, isn't it Peters? No, what's his name? The Republican from Wisconsin Senate. Gosh. Was it Ron Johnson? That's him. Thank you. He lost it today about the twelve billion dollars for farmers. Oh yeah, that was absolutely. I I read that headline and I thought, now we've really gone. We've gone from ridiculous to stupidly ridiculous. Well, and I don't, I've said this yesterday, I don't know a farmer who wants a check from the government. No. So we got ourselves into, we did this to ourselves. Well, no, we didn't do it to ourselves. He did it to well, us. We are, we are one nation. Well, so we that's are. The question. That's, well, so that's, that's the, you know, so now let's talk about the policies and whether or not they're good policies. What you were talking about before with your friends, that's cult of personality. That's all that is. Yeah. And that's dangerous to me. Oh, it's very dangerous. Yeah, and, and, it's um, just amazing to me where, not my breakfast group on Saturdays, but but a couple of other people I've talked to, we got into a discussion about the meeting with Putin, which, of course, made national news. Mm-hmm. And, and everybody said, oh, gosh, it was great. These guys said it was great. It was great. It was great. And then I said, so how did you feel when Obama went to to Cuba and and met with Castro. Oh my God, that was just horrible. And I'm thinking, what are you people talking about? How can the former president can meet with a dictator from a country within 90 miles of our soil? But no power. And yeah, and and it and he gets chastised royally by the Republicans, and then. Trump goes and meets with Putin behind closed doors for two hours. Nobody knows what's said. And everybody thinks that's great. And I'm just, what has happened here? I know. It's kind of, it's fr- to me, it's frightening because it's a cult of personality. Yeah. That's all it is doing. And the facts are lost. Yeah. But, uh, we're going to come right back and talk Can more about. Can we talk about, about cowboy hats and guns and, oh, and yeah. riding horses? We're going to bring her down. Dakota. We're going to bring her right down local level. Cowboy hats and guns and horses. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four thirty-four on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. You play the strangest bumper music. Oh, baby, this is Wilco. Here it comes. Jesus, don't cry. Oh, it's good. That's our age difference. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the way it is. Anyway, that's but it's good. You know, he's like it's smooth, smooth yeah, it listening. Is, it's smooth, yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, good. It's, I love Wilco. Okay, um, that's, I, I'm happy for. I you. I probably get a little more leeway because I can always uh, plead ignorance, like to you know to the way radio, like a professional radio broadcaster like yourself, or like, you can plead Irish. Yeah, <laughs> 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 I got those two. I got two outs uh, to indulge myself in, in the music that maybe. 
No, you're. Everybody has their own taste in music. I I can listen to what you're yeah. laying down here. That's fine. You're a true blue rock and roll guy, though. Way yes. back. Yes. Yeah. Uh, do you get you? You were last time you were back. You were playing with the band, and everything went well. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah, it went Good. really well. Good. You know, the reason uh, you called me when you came back to town was because you had a brush with a personal interaction with uh, Maria Butina, mm-hmm. the alleged, uh, we'll, we're just going to say spy, but she's not charged with spying. She's charged with not reporting as a foreign agent, but yeah. I'm going to call her a spy. And and uh, a person of interest, number one, which everybody believes to be Paul Erickson, South Dakota uh, political sort of uh, gadfly guy. Yeah. yeah so it was, it was how real, did this happen? How did, here's what happened. I was invited to a Halloween party over in the apartment complex in which I lived, mm-hmm. which I, nobody needs to know about where mm-hmm. that was. And um, so I show up at the Halloween party and talking with a bunch of people that I knew, friends and all that kind of stuff. And... And there was uh, and person of interest number one, mm-hmm. Paul was there, mm-hmm. and um, and I knew him not well, but I knew him. We talked for a couple of moments, and then he introduced me to his guest, who was this Maria is one of it's one of the incarnations of her first name, and she was from Russia and et cetera, et cetera. So I'm a naturally curious guy. So what are you doing here, et cetera? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm uh, we've we've got a. a NRA type organization that we're starting in Russia and so I'm here trying to learn how that works here and make some contacts so our our NRA and your NRA and we'll just learn from each other etc 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 and I was fascinated because mm-hmm. I just I I had no concept of what the gun rights were in Mother Russia mm-hmm. had no idea. Doesn't and, seem like that's something you can do in Mother Russia. But. Well, w- apparently what you can do is you can have hunting guns, but mm. pistols are out. Okay. At least that's what I remember from the interview. Which was, and we now know, was November 12th, 2015. Yeah. So this was like two weeks after this Halloween party. I had okay. her on the radio. And she was absolutely fascinating. Very glib. Um, English was great. A uh, little bit of an accent, but not too much over the top and at the risk of sounding sexist which uh everybody's seen her picture it, it right she's you won't be the first on the, one to, yeah yeah easy on the eyes and um just she was just charming to talk to and the the only concern i had for her was of course she was hanging out with person of interest number one uh, at that point a 56 year old yeah yeah and, but that's neither here nor there yeah. so we had this great interview she went on her way, I went on my way, and didn't hear anything. And then, what was it, about a week or 10 days ago, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I see her picture, <laughs> and she's under arrest. And it's like, what? Yeah, that's pretty wild. <laughs> and then, you know, for this not... The, the first thing was, the first story, you kind of got the impression she was definitely spying. And then, when you start reading the indictments, mm-hmm. and it was that she hadn't reported... What mm-hmm. was it? She was supposed to register as, or something. Foreign as a foreign agent. agent. Yeah. yeah, and she didn't do that, and then she didn't do something else she was supposed to do, and so that's what she's charged with. But then all the behind-the-scenes meetings and how mm-hmm. all of those happened and how person of interest number one, person of interest number two, person of interest number three helped open doors for her while she allegedly maybe made herself available uh, intellectually, spiritually, and other ways, mm-hmm. possibly. Mm-hmm. We don't know that. But it, it's just been fascinating to follow that whole that whole thing. And well, and to, yeah, to have that, that uh, have, having had that experience that you had, yeah. that's just wild. Did you know Mr. Erickson previous to that party? Just in passing. Yeah. I mean, he was a big political operative, and by the time... I, I was never a big political operative. Right. I just, I didn't run with the big dogs and didn't run, want to run with the big dogs. So I knew who he was. I'd been with him in various occasions, but we weren't pals. Right. We didn't have coffee together. We never had lunch or dinner. I just, I just know who he is. And a lot has been said and written about the man now, uh, including back in 2003, when uh, David Kranz wrote a long biography of or a profile of him. Yeah. But what was your impression of the man from your experience? Well, 
because he was a Republican political operative and my last contacts over the last five or six years, and of course my attitude towards the Republican Party is, shall we say, less than... Stellar. Stellar, yeah, thank you. That's a good word. I like that. Um, I just kind of... People who sell themselves as political operatives, Mm -hmm. I just don't want to have much to do with. There's a certain slime factor there that I just don't want to have anything to do with. The rise of the professional political class, in my mind, has, uh, because there have always been political people, people who work. Oh, yeah. And politics can be an honorable profession. Right. This, This rise of these people who actually are like specialists in various elements of politics, to me, is a bad thing. Because now you're, you don't ever get a real reflection of a human being. The person's name who's on the ballot, oftentimes the words that you read, the things that you hear, are not their words. No, they're not their words. And they're not their sentiments. No. They're crafted messages. Yeah. And their image and everything else. Hmm. And I think that that's to the detriment of the country. Yeah. I don't disagree with you, but Citizens United and other... Mm-hmm. Um, Things have, and the, the influence of lobbyists in Washington, D.C., have made the citizen, in, we're really third-class citizens, still in a first-class country. Mm-hmm. But you and I, our ability to influence public policy mm-hmm. at the state and national level has diminished considerably. We can still have, I think, quite a bit of influence locally. Mm-hmm. city county school but i don't think at the state and specifically the national level they don't, those people don't want to listen to us no they don't care you know they you, don't even answer the mail anymore yeah yeah they you, you or you can i've had people that have called i've got friends that have written letters and they'll get back the form letter thank you very much for writing me about such and such and so and so i've introduced mm-hmm. house bill 1422 which deals with blah, 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 blah. and it might not even be on the subject matter right. to which they <laughs> right. talk to him first no. in the first place it's, it's pathetic constituent service is dead um Sadly, sadly, we do not have the audio from November 12, 2015. No, it's, I'm sure it's long gone. I think the server, I think we kept stuff, what was it, Dan, about days. six, nine believe, months? Yeah, at that time it was six months. Yeah. Or no, not six months, it was actually six weeks. Six so, weeks, and, and otherwise it's gone. Yeah, can you imagine if we had that audio today? Oh, wouldn't that be phenomenal? You'd be famous. Well, you're already famous, but I mean, you'd be even more famous. Well, I, I don't know, because it, it was... A, it, it, but nobody's heard her voice, really. You know what I mean? Yeah. That would have, have been a coup. That would have been a get. Yeah, it would have been. Can't, we, but we can't look back. We can only look mm, forward. That's exactly right. And that's what we're going to do in our next segment with uh, Dean of Sioux Falls Radio, Rick Noby. We'll be right back on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Maybe... I'm sorry, this isn't jam session music. Jam (laughs) session is blues, rock and roll. This is not jam session. Oh, Patrick. 447 on the Patrick Lally (laughs) Show, Information 1000 KSO. And that, of course, is the uh, familiar voice of uh, Mr. Rick Noby, Dean of South South Dakota Radio. Sure. I can make you Dean of South Dakota Radio. Sioux Falls Radio, for sure. I don't think I was on the air the longest, but... um, there's been people who have probably been on the air much longer than I was on, but well, you I had a break. A you had a break as a mayor. Yeah, I took a little time off to go to city hall. Yeah. It's a nice little internship. Yeah, it was good. I learned a lot. Uh, we've talked about uh, your boat. We talked about uh, your brush with infamy, uh, and now we should probably talk a little bit about. And we talked about Trump a little bit. We should yeah. talk about local politics, state politics, state. Politics. So you're paying attention, right? Well, I, I, I haven't. I, wasn't paying close attention when the election came around the um i was going to vote absentee except i didn't have an address <laughs> so i had no place to send the ballot so i couldn't i couldn't vote um but when i found out somebody told me and i don't know if this is true or not you guys can verify this that one of the candidates for the republican governorship mm-hmm. ran an ad mm-hmm. that featured this person on horseback with carrying a gun or shooting a gun and mm-hmm. imp- basically saying, 
All you got to do to be governor is be able to ride a horse and shoot a gun. Now, that's what I was told. I never saw the ad. That might be a slight over simplification. Over, yeah, there you go. But it uh, it was Christine Ohm on a horse with a gun, right, and a hat. Yeah. But, that I mean, she wasn't saying all you got to do to be governor is. And it was sort of this notion, I'm one of you, you know. It's fighting back against the, the, I've gone Washington. That's what that was. Well, yeah, but if she wants to be governor of Wyoming, she should go to Wyoming. Well, as it turns (laughs) out, everybody in the race is going to be wearing a cowboy hat. Appears that way. Because Billy Sutton always, I have said publicly, lose the hat. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going to identify with middle class Sioux Falls families who increasingly decide elections in this state Mm -hmm. when you're wearing a hat, cowboy hat. And then when you take the hat off, what do you got? Hat hair. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So what do you make of... uh, do you think a Democrat ever has a chance in the state anymore? Sure. How? Not right now, but I think it. I think it's going to happen. I think eventually, the Republicans are going to eat themselves alive. They're going to eat their young too while they're doing it, and and they're just going to get so divided. It's kind of like Congress in Washington. Mm-hmm. There's the Freedom Caucus, and then there's mm-hmm. this, the you know the ultra right wing, and the, there's one or two moderates in there, and then. And, and there's all these divisions within the Republican Party, and you've seen that a little bit in the legislature in South Dakota. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and I think there's going to be more and more of that, uh, and that will open the door up to Democrats if they're smart enough to figure out how to make that happen. So far, they haven't shown a lot of brilliance yeah. in that area. Uh, but They didn't even get their convention sealed up right yeah i gotta have another convention yeah i saw that that was sad that was absolutely sad and but that's the state of it and Mm -hmm. and, um it's unfortunate because the the democrats that i know are sincere honest intelligent articulate serious human beings that want the state to do better and for some reason they can't quite get themselves organized enough to truly have an impact. And they don't really know what their issues are in South Dakota. Too many times I hear rhetoric from people in the Democratic Party or close to the party that is uh, not parroting, but is related to national issues. And that, no, it's not going to work. No, you it's have not going to figure work. out what the issues are here. Yeah. And I don't see them. And I know there are people who are, but I don't see. Am I wrong, Dan? Well, I think what you have to do is you have to, for, for, for Democrats, agriculture is the biggest industry in the state. So then you have to figure out how do we make that industry bigger? And, and they have to come up with policies that will help augment what agriculture can do in this state until something else can rival it. Well, tourism's number two. And tourism is so cyclical, that's a very difficult niche to try to build. Yeah, and I, I just... You're right about agriculture, that it's the number one industry, but there are so few people who are actually involved in it yeah, anymore. It's, it's the big dollar thing, but in terms of jobs, right. the number of jobs. Because people vote their self-interest, yeah. right? And so even if you are affected by agriculture, because our economy is so affected by it, these people just aren't as connected to it as they used to be, so they don't underst- They really don't pay attention to the issues, or they wouldn't have voted for Trump. That's, that's the long and the short of it. Or they won't again, because... Oh, I think Trump, if Trump runs in 2020, if he's on the ballot in 2020, he'll still win in South Dakota. Oh, if he's the Republican nominee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Question yeah. Is- yeah. If he, yeah, if he, yeah. Um, unless some favorite son comes along and, and beats him, but I don't see anybody favorite son, South Dakotan, coming no. along and doing it. There is a very interesting uh, map on the New York Times website today where it breaks down really granularly at, across the country, every precinct. Every voting precinct across the country and what the what the vote was in the presidential election. Mm. Sioux Falls is all blue. Yeah. Then you get out to Harrisburg and it, and it turns it, it turns red every, really fast. Yeah. And yeah. deep red really fast. Mm. But what are the issues for those people who are in that middle class Sioux Falls classic household? 
that's what is going to decide the elections in this state. See, I think in in going with what Dan said about about agriculture and tourism, and those are big dollar amount things, and and they are. There's no question they're really important. The I think if if I were advising the Democrats, I would advise them to talk about education, education, mm-hmm. education, and and we do fairly well in this state, but we're the technology stuff. And we got to we we we've de-emphasized liberal arts, and mm-hmm. I think that is going to come back and bite us in the butt because that's where the thinking, the true cerebral part of our souls are, is in the liberal yeah. arts side of things. And if we're if we're just going to turn out math and science kids, we're gonna we're gonna miss out. You on, need it all. You need to be a well-rounded human being all the way. Rick Noby, ladies and gentlemen, he is the dean of Sioux Falls Radio, and uh, when I can get him on the program. It's always great to talk. We we could talk for hours. So thank you, my friend, for coming in. Are we done now? Yeah, we're done. It goes fast, as you know. We're done? You're Can't done. we just stay until 7 or 8 tonight and just keep doing this? It would be, because yeah, there's all kinds of things. Yeah, the school board taking free land from Sanford oh, we didn't for even the get high to that. school. Uh, That's a bad decision. You want to come back? Don't do it. Come back next week. I got some openings. I might be able to do that. All right. Uh, we're going to... Finish up here in just a moment and uh, tell you what's going to happen tomorrow. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. (laughs) 458 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Coming up tomorrow, Thea Miller Ryan will be here and the Boon Man, so you're going to want to tune in. 3 to 5 weekdays, Information 1000 KSOO.